1: Hey, people-centric leaders, I got a great uh, LinkedIn message from a friend uh, a couple weeks ago, and I thought this was a great question, and we thought this would make a great topic. The question was, this person had been learning a little bit more about communication styles and what they had learned, rightfully so, is that whenever you meet somebody who has a different communication style, a really effective way to communicate with them is to reach out to them in their style, like try to match their style a little bit. So we talk about like four different communication styles. We talk about whiteboard users. We talk about uh, uh, outliners. We talk about empathizers and we talk about go-getters. And so like go-getters tend to talk really fast. And if you're a go-getter and you're talking really fast, but you notice the other person is kind of an empathizer, maybe slow down a little bit, ask them some questions, ask them how they're doing, those kinds of things. But the question was, is, aren't you manipulating that person when you do that? When you're doing that and you're trying to get them to do something, are you manipulating them because of the way that you're talking with them? And I thought that was a great question. And this person actually had had a meeting with me and she said that she, when she had met with me, she was thinking about that communication styles discussion when she met with me and she tried to match my style of communication, not just the styles that we laid out, but even trying to do some mirroring and things like that, that, uh, that you also learn about in terms of effective communication with other people. So we thought that was a great topic. Uh, we often talk about tricks of the trade uh, of how you can lead others of how you can get other people to do things and so when are we manipulating people and doing good and when are we doing evil that's kind of the question today and so for our team here we're going to dive into that topic so first of all we brought in diana straight from her cave she's in the dark she's coming to us she's going to represent the evil side clearly diana
0: always i'm always representing the evil side i just i'm putting that out there
1: If you're joining us on YouTube, you can see Diana there and she's got some, she's got a light. You've got a light out in your office. Is that the way that that works? Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is like a very tiny mushroom lamp that I'm using to like light my whole office. And for some reason it's coming off very red. And so I look a little evil in my black office with my red light.
1: Yeah. It's very like the Bohemian Rhapsody Queen videos what I keep thinking of every time I, I look I at you. I don't know
0: what to do about it. I'm just stuck this way. I'm stuck this way for a while.
1: Yeah. That's
2: the paper okay. Behind you or something.
0: Yeah. What?
2: Maybe put like paper behind you on the wall.
3: I don't you know. know. I like the black. I don't oh. love the red.
1: She loves everything that's happening, Bethany, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was I was going to not... say,
3: I think she's really liking her like Vader, Kylo Ren vibe that's happening right now. And I can okay. get that too. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: When we were doing the pre-recording, uh, somebody said to Diana, they like, you look, i a Vader th-. I think Stephanie said you have a Vader thing going right now. And Diana's like, oh my gosh, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. That's incredible. I love all of yeah. that.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: And then on the good side, we've got Bethany Taff, Bethany, who's just the good. She always represents goodness <laughs> in the world and happiness.
2: Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. It's a yeah. nice compliment too.
1: Yep. Yep. And then, and then Stephanie's <laughs> sitting there going like, so where does that put me? Where does that leave wild
3: me? Card. I'm wild, the wild card. Wild <laughs>
1: card. You can go either way. You're going to help us to facilitate both directions and try to figure all of that out. Uh, And then we've also got Matt Griswold, who's going to be jumping in and out. Matt's got Matt lives in this tiny town called Bolivar, Missouri, and they barely have internet out there and all that kind of stuff. And so he has trouble sometimes connecting on things and he's going to listen to no, he's not going to listen to this later. But if he knew we were talking about it,
0: they just got indoor plumbing like a few years ago. That's what I heard.
1: It's pretty nice. Yeah, no, (laughs) we should, you know, also shout out to our friends in Bolivar. (laughs) We love you guys.
0: (laughs) We do. We're kidding. We're a lovely town.
1: We love you guys. We just love to give Matt a hard time. So let's talk a little bit about manipulation. So does anybody have stories of like negative manipulation? Like when is manipulation a bad thing? So when you think about manipulation, let's look for some clear, clear examples of things that are bad in terms of manipulation. Who's got a story they could share?
2: Well, I think so before we got on here, Stephanie was talking about the the new word of the year, which I think is a really good example of bad manipulation. Um, And the word of the year, if you didn't know, is gaslighting, apparently, which is not a new it's not a new word. We've heard of this word. It's been used a lot, which is why it's the word of the year. Do you want to, Stephanie, do you want to tell tell the listeners what it what that means?
3: Yeah. So yeah, Merriam-Webster dictionary, if you don't know, every year announces a word of the year. And in the past, it's been fun things like selfie. Well, this year it's gaslighting, which is going to help lead us out of the pandemic in a really positive way. Um, So (laughs) gaslighting, it's a form of psychological manipulation. And I'm going to kind of just read some of the definition here, but it's in... Um, type of manipulation where essentially the abuser or the person using this is trying to sow self doubt and confusion, um, in the victim's mind. So it's kind of this, like, if you've ever had a situation happen and there was something negative that happened and you bring it up to that person and you're like, well, I don't like that you said that, or that was really mean. i like, well, that's not what I said or that's really not what happened. I think are some of the most common phrases people where they're trying to get you to really question kind of your own knowledge or your own reality or of what really happened. Um, so yeah, super fun word to lead us into the next year, but I thought it was really appropriate. Um, when we decided to talk about manipulation and especially manipulation, communication and leadership of where, where's that line between doing things to help people grow um, or gaslighting them or manipulating them in a negative way. And what does that yeah. even mean?
1: So I'd heard that term a lot, a gaslighting, but I never quite could put my finger on what it means because it's just kind of thrown out there. So I'm, I, the definition is helpful for me anyway. Can I tell a story? And you guys tell me if I was manipulative or gaslighting somebody, can I tell the story? Yes, I can't wait. This is going to be good. This is yeah. going to be good. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I played varsity tennis. Uh, no big deal. Most viable player two years in a row. Not a big deal. Just, just who I was. It was part of how I ran. And I was playing a, there was a guy that was on our team, Eric. Eric, if you're out there, shout out to Eric, uh, was always one step behind me in the team. And you, you have rankings on the team and you play each other challenge matches to try to move up or down the rankings. Well, my junior and senior year, I was number one. And Eric was a a year older than me and he kept challenging me. He was number two and he kept challenging me for number one. By the way, at the end of the year, he did finally beat me and took over the number one spot the very, very end of the year. But I had to keep fending off Eric over and over again. Well, I kept looking for how do I make sure I stay ahead of Eric? And so my dad had turned me on to this book called The Inner Game of Tennis. And it was written by, it's a kind of a famous book because it was written by a psychiatrist or a psychologist, counselor brain person about sports and sports psychology. And I read the book and I started to, I thought, boy, you can, there's some tricks here that you can use that you can get in somebody else's head. So we immediately after reading the book, Eric and I were playing a match and Eric was playing really well that day. He was actually pulling ahead of me. He was serving really well. His forehand was really on and everything else. So I started thinking about what can I use from that book to kind of get an advantage over Eric. And so as we were changing positions at the net, He was walking by and I said, so I said, man, Eric, your serve is on fire today. You are so good on your serve. Your serve is so great. And he goes, oh, thanks. He goes, yeah, it has been really on. I said, I noticed, I said, your toss has been just a little bit different than what I've seen it in the past. I said, I think you're throwing the ball just a little bit more behind you than you normally do. And I said, and then I noticed like whenever your arm goes back, like your elbows swinging way back. Have you noticed the different position of your elbow whenever you go to serve? And he goes, no, I hadn't even noticed that. And I'm like, yeah, your elbow's going back a little farther than it normally does too. And I think those things are coming together where your timing is just perfect on your serve. And I think it's just really coming together. And it's just, you're, you're just absolutely destroying me right now. Well, as soon as I said that, Eric could not hit a serve to save his life. He could not get, I mean, he, he went from serving great to not being able to serve at all. Um, but his forehand was still good. So his next, the next changeover, I was like, yeah, I said, well, it's too bad. You know, your serve slip, but your forehand is still on fire. And I'm like, I noticed you're putting more topspin on the ball. It seems like you're really brushing the ball up and you're getting your shoulder into it a little bit more. And so all of that, and then shortly after that, he couldn't hit the tennis ball anymore. I mean, he couldn't hit a forehand anymore. Uh, the idea in sports is that when you're thinking about stuff, by the way, the psychology behind that is if you're thinking about it, you're probably not going to do it well, like really good athletes, you learn how to do it. And then you don't think about it. You think about the result of the thing you're doing, not the actual thing you're doing. So the best way to mess up somebody in golf or tennis or anything like that is to make them really focus on the mechanics of the thing that they're doing, uh, in the middle of it, because they'll do it really, really poorly. So I ended up crushing Eric, the rest of that. I don't think he won a game after that. Um, so, it was I manipulating Eric? Am I a terrible person? And do I, yeah, run?
3: man, Apology? yeah, that I, was awful. <laughs> no, no,
2: but here's the thing yes, you were manipulating him for sure. For <laughs> sure, it's sports and it's a game, and there's supposed to be a winner and a loser. So, in that case, I don't think it's wrong
3: that yeah. you just I'm, I'm gonna be wild card here and say, like, yes and no. Because of like what you actually said, Don, like could be perceived as like really helpful of like, wow, did you notice you did that one thing differently and it made your serve better? Of like the words that you said weren't necessarily manipulative, but because we know the motive behind them and that you were intending to mess with his head, then it yes, it is manipulative. The, like had you just the said that not knowing, it. yeah, the intent. Like had you said that not knowing the psychology then it was like accidentally manipulative, which we can have grace for, but because you knew what you were doing sneaky.
2: So it was like the intent and also, but again, I think it's also the context too, right? Because if you were just like playing, a, you know, you were just like hanging out with your buddy and you guys were having that conversation, like that would have been a different kind of thing, but because you were in a game, um, this is a sporting event, right? Like you're trying to beat this person. That's the motivation. That's the context. That's the environment. Like I think it's okay. It makes sense.
1: Well, and he was, he just, I mean, one thing context piece. I mean, he's on my team, right? Now he's trying, I'm trying to beat him in that moment, but he's on my team. And the one thing I noticed is his serve was went to crap for weeks after that. It wasn't like he got it back after the game. Eric.
2: Was he was on um, your team. Did you say that? <laughs> Yeah, he did. Okay. But, it, but well, still. Never mind. I think
1: it back. <laughs> well, I had to beat him. He was trying. I was fending him off in practice, Beth, and he was trying to take my number one position. So it's in tennis, you're competing against people to get ranked because then your number one player plays the other team's number one player and okay. so on. So when you're, when you're number one, there's no place to challenge. You're just defending off people. Okay. And so I had to keep fending off Eric because he kept beating everybody else on our team, but then he would keep playing me over and over again. So in a way, it's his fault.
2: I'm, I'm less supportive of it now. So I take it back.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> next next episode is going to be on judgment. Clearly, yeah, you guys turned on me really fast here. Well,
2: and... you know, we're just trying to hold you accountable. One thing, another example I was thinking of, of like bad manipulation. And I don't think this is controversial, but we always think of politicians, right? When it comes to manipulation and they're very well known and I'll just not all of them, but let's just say most of them. <laughs> are very known for making promises or saying they're going to do something um, to win votes um, and then maybe not doing those things once they get into office or not really having the power to do those things in their specific office or changing their mind on those things once they get into (laughs) office. Um, and, And so that's one example that I think of in our real life when it comes to manipulation.
3: Yeah, I think that's a great, a great point to be made and kind of made me think of like a situation in my like before if I had a workplace once with a really manipulative coworker who, I mean, in order to do things their way. Cause they really thought that what they, how they did things and the logic behind why they did things was the absolute best and only way to do. things. Yes. I
0: understand this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Keep talking. <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> and that, that inherently isn't necessarily bad, but then what this person did to try to have power over how other people did things is then when someone would do something a different way, the criticism was like, well, you just don't really understand this. And they would point it at that topic or like, you don't really understand that. Or I've been in business for this many years and I've done it this way so many times that you just, oh, you're just young in business and you don't understand. Or, you know, um, oh, this person was really bad at like, um, Legitimizing, delegitimizing people's feelings so when someone would say well you know when this situation happened it made me feel this way well you didn't feel that way because this was this and this was that and that with that and i remember even looking at this person once and going like you can't tell me that my feelings or my experience is wrong it was my experience if you're having a different experience that's okay but of like in that moment of that person would manipulate kind of the power of influence they had with the group to just get people to do things the way that they wanted to do it, regardless if that was actually like helpful to the team. And it ended up really breaking the team apart and isolating a lot of people within the organization. And so it's like kind of that using your power of influence for, for good or for evil in that sense of, are you doing this so that you can have power and control Or are you doing this to actually help their people do their job well? Because I can say from my experience in that situation, like if we were just the goal is helping everyone do their job well, then everyone would be able to use their own gifts and strengths and everyone would do things different ways instead of we all just do them this way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the theme there is the intent of the person who's doing this thing, using this power. Uh, But I like in your story too, by the way, anytime I hear in a conversation, somebody starts quoting their resume, I've never, I can't think of a good conversation from that. Like I I always watch that in conversation, just as a consultant and somebody who works in a lot of different conversations, has been in a lot of conflict and those kinds of things. When somebody's quoting their resume, I've never heard anybody go, oh, well, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. You are fully qualified to have that. I mean, that's when you're throwing qualifications out, it's a bad thing, but Um, I I think that the other part, part of that point is that the person who you're talking about wasn't really open to the fact that they might be wrong. Uh, which we talk a lot about as being a key to effective communication is that knowing that you might go into something being wrong. Um, So let me throw another scenario out to you and see if this is considered manipulation or not, or if it's evil or good or bad, whatever this is, since I got your judgment the first time. So a lot of times, like we will, when we facilitate groups, discussions, or things, we will want to draw out somebody who's maybe quieter in the room. Well, there are some tricks to the trade that we know, Uh, that Matt has actually will do. He does some really good uh, workshops on this to train people on this where you can use body language to draw somebody into the conversation. That person's probably not fully aware that we're doing that in the conversation, but you can literally walk to the person. You can make eye contact with them. You can kind of open up your body language to them and you can kind of make somebody speak in a meeting who wasn't going to speak in the meeting. Now you can't really force them to technically, but you can, it works a lot of the time is that manipulation when we're trying to facilitate a conversation and bring somebody into the mix and get them to speak?
0: I think it is technically manipulation, right? Like technically it is, but I think the intent behind it is to make sure that everyone is included, that people's voices are heard, that, you know, people who are not generally comfortable sharing do get some airtime to share and some space to share. So I don't know that it's, ill-intended I think again we were saying like the intent behind it means something but I think it is definitely manipulation like technically
2: see I that's where I and I this I think Stephanie said it a minute ago basically but I think that there's a difference between manipulation and influence and maybe I'm wrong this is just how I perceive it um because I know that there's a there's a positive um definition of manipulation, right? But I just, I think those are two different things. I think there's manipulation I view as a lot more negative and I view influence as really positive and they can look similar, but I think the difference is the intent behind it. And so I think that in that way, we influence people in the room when we show up and we help them see, like, we want to hear from them and we're going to do some things to try to make it known that we want to hear from them and we want to give them an opportunity to speak and we want to and sometimes there are ways that we also help um decrease how much some other people in the room might speak <laughs> who are speaking up a lot and taking up too much space in the room and so we do both of those things not because we're trying to we are we don't care about people and we are trying to control the conversation in in a bad way or a negative way. um, But because we want to we want to move the conversation along and we want to give everybody an opportunity to speak. And so that's why that's the difference that I think there is.
3: Yeah, I think that's a great clarification. And it made me think of maybe Don said this earlier of the use of like mirroring in conversation. If you've ever heard that before Um, in like negotiating worlds or the sales world of where like you should just mirror back to people what they said. So if I say something of like, oh, well, I was just trying to help him find his way. You would just go his way. And like ask it back as a question. And it's one of those tricks that like, once you know it, you can't unhear it kind of people using it. But I think that's like one of those things, like it's a, it's a communication tool, but it kind of can be used for, for good or evil manipulation. Like bad manipulation would be, I am using that to try to corner you. I'm trying to get you to say something that maybe you don't really want to say, or I'm using it to make you uncomfortable um, in that space where I'm just trying to show that I have power over you and I can get you to where you want to go or I can make you say that thing that you really don't want to say I can make you agree with me. but positive mirroring could be maybe maybe I'm noticing that you're having trouble like naming what you're feeling. You're having a hard time putting to words kind of what the problem is or or how we could solve it. So I might mirror you to help you clarify what you're thinking. Because then when you say, well, help him find his way, find his way. And you're like, well, then this is what I mean. And we might actually start putting some constructive pieces together to help you help someone or get you where you want to go. So that's, this is something I was thinking of, Bethany, of like that good distinction that you, you made there.
1: It's almost like there's this superpower, like we've discovered the force or something, right? And you can use the force in different ways. And do you go the good, the dark side of the force Diana, or do you go the light side, the good side and follow the light, right? And to try to help people with that that power. But the power is significant. Like when you learn those, the mirroring and asking questions and facilitation techniques and things like that, it's amazing what you can get people to do. I remember going into one meeting and I made a bet with somebody that I said, I'll bet I can get three fourths of the people in this room to cross their arms during the meeting. And I did it, like we accomplished it. Without saying anything, without saying cross your arms, that would have been cheating. Without saying cross your arms, I got three fourths of the people to cross their arms, and you just do it by engaging people directly. And then, and I had my arms crossed, and I just I, you could just sit there and try it. Sometime, by the way, for in a meeting, you can have fun. You can see how powerful these techniques are that people don't even realize that they're doing it. Is just t- just take a stance. You could put your hands, you know, on your face like this when you're talking, and if you're engaging people and you're watching them, people will eventually start to mirror you and sit the same way. Yeah, yeah, like, see, everybody's doing it, Diana. That's so
3: weird, crazy. That's... I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, Wild. Diana.
1: Come on, Diana. Join us. No, be I won't. Be afraid. You will not, not afraid. Be, be manipulated. Afraid. Yeah. If you can't see us, Stephanie and Bethany quickly joined me, but Diana is resisting. Well, that's resistance is futile. Bethany, I loved your point before talking about leadership. You know, we talk about leadership, meaning really influence and which means that leadership can be effective or not effective. So some leaders are really good at influencing other people. Some people aren't. Some people aren't good at those skills to be able to get other people to do something. But we also talk about then if leadership is influence, you can influence people badly. We've talked about toxic employees. Sometimes you're on a team. You have you have a an injustice that you're fighting against in terms of your company, and you might even be right. It's not about right or wrong. It's about misalignment, and you're leading the team the wrong direction. You can use your leadership traits for negativity. It sounds like what we're saying, manipulation, is kind of a cousin of leadership. It's a form of influence that can be used good or bad. Um, Stephanie, you brought the point in our in our pre-recording here about there's two different definitions of manipulation, right? And what are the two definitions?
3: Yeah. So one is like more of like what we think of like tactile manipulation of like the baby learned how to manipulate the blocks and put them in the right holes for the right shapes. Like the star goes in the star shape, the square goes in the square. Um, so that's like a use of positive manipulation or like the chiropractor manipulated my back, you know, I'm like, that's a great feeling. Um, but then there's this other definition of manipulation that I think we as a a society are more attuned with which is that negative connotation where like she manipulated you know her to get her to do this and it's almost like this they use the word insidious in the definition which is a great scrabble word by the way um but of like i think most of the time when we think of manipulation we just think of that negative of there isn't the the skillful artful moving of things piece that gets attached to it
2: yeah, I really like that. It just, I mean, and to add on to what you were saying, Don, is like, yeah, we can totally think of really, really like really powerful leaders in history, right? Or in the world who are for sure leaders. They're they are, I'm saying bad leaders in the sense that um uh I think that they are evil, <laughs> but um, but they're good leaders in the fact that like they do influence negatively um they're really good at negatively influencing people, right They're really good at manipulating people um that's so they have that sort of superpower that's not that's used for evil anyways did I did I confuse uh, everybody?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I get I was, I was listening to a podcast this morning and a major politician said, uh, it's in politics the third rail isn't meaning what you say, it's saying what you mean. And I thought that was—it kind of goes back to what you said about pol- politicians as a group. You're—they—they they learn you—you you, you don't say all the things that you're actually thinking because if you say those things, they become sound bites and they get used against you, and then they—they they limit your effectiveness in terms of how you work with others. But. You know so so I think we're all agreeing that manipulation is not always bad and not always good. Manipulation is a word sure sounds bad, right? And I don't think anybody says, I want to we're gonna teach you if we did a workshop how to manipulate others. Uh I don't think I think it'd be interesting to see who attended that. Uh but I would if, be there. I would be yeah, there Diana, with my dark
0: there. powers and try to rule the world with them.
1: I think people would want to sit near you just to learn from you. Just yep. to pick up a little bit from here and there. Yep. And they wouldn't even know why they were doing it. It would be something that you did, probably. <laughs> so, I think maybe to put a bow on this in terms of manipulation, I think we keep talking about is it good, well intended, or not well intended? I would say, you know, and I think a lot of you would agree with me that when we talk with people, most people don't have a bad intention. Like, it's very seldom do we meet a manager who's like, whoa, I'm going to go meet with my employees and mess them over. Like, they, they have some kind of a good intention. So when is it a bad intention? Like when when do people if if it's okay to embrace these powerful skill sets that we talk about in terms of working closely with people, but we're doing it, you know, where's where is the line at in terms of good intention and bad intention?
3: Yeah, I liked what you just said, Donna, like. I, I kind of truly believe like everybody's good, innately good, right? And so even in the story I shared earlier, thinking of that person, I know they were really trying to do the right thing. They wanted the company to be successful. They wanted us to achieve the goals, to help the people, to do all these things. I think where it became bad intentioned is then when when it was brought to light and people were, hey, I don't like how this is being communicated. I don't like how this feels that this person then kind of just brushed all that off you know so it's it's also i think like being open to hearing feedback on how you communicate and how these things are being done and that you may not ever intend for it to be manipulative or bad but if someone comes to you and says that made me feel manipulated that made me feel bad of just recognizing like oh wow like maybe maybe i need to adjust and change that because then if you know and you don't change then I think it's manipulative at that point.
0: I also think it's when, uh, how do I say this? Okay, so you know how we talk about toxic employees and how they generally have good intent, right? I am leading the organization in a different direction. I want it to go somewhere else. My leaders don't want it to go somewhere else, but I see that if it went this way, it would be really successful and good. But no one is trying to make the company go that way. But if you're leading that revolt and you're trying to like gather followers to move people or company in a direction that that it doesn't want to go, that's probably bad manipulation. And I'm saying this having done it. Like I have worked in a place where I wanted something to be changed and the leaders were like, no, 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 we like it this way. Like, we're not going to go that direction. And I kept saying, I think this is the right direction. I think if you did this, you would be wildly successful. I think this is how you need to do it. And so I would use others to deliver my message as well. So I was like, if everybody is saying we should do this, they'll listen. They didn't. It. I shouldn't have done that. But I think I used others and that influence I had over others in a bad way, like to lead them a direction we shouldn't have gone.
1: So in other words, we're saying nothing is more dangerous than a person who knows that they're right.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I still contend that I was right. Did I do the right thing? No. Was I right about it? Yeah. Like I still will say I was right about the direction I was trying to get people to go. I had semi good intent, but it was still not what the company wanted it was still not the direction they were ever going to go but i was trying to lead it that way
2: yeah so it's it's like is it for the is it for truly for the good of the other person and you can only do so much to try to help influence them <laughs> in the right way towards the right direction um and then knowing that like if they're not ready to move towards that direction diana like you were saying that's when it's time to like take a step back because then that's when you start to turn into like, okay, now it's going to become manipulation. Now it's going to become toxic, me trying to like influence in this way. Um, And so it's kind of knowing that line um, as you're starting those conversations to start the conversation. I don't think that's wrong or manipulative. I think it's the beginning and you, you will discover in that moment how you want to Move forward um, with your influence um, as you continue to go forward. Yeah.
0: It very much did feel like leading a revolt. It felt like I was trying to get people to see that if they came to my side, it would be better, right? Like it felt like I was definitely trying to do that. And looking back, I recognized that was the wrong way and I shouldn't have, but that's what it felt like in the moment. Like I'm doing this for good, I'm doing this for the company, I'm doing this for the people. Come with me, you know, it very much felt like leading a revolt.
2: Yeah. We, well, and it, it reminds me too of, you know, when when we're coaching with people, um, sometimes we are doing some of this. We're sort of mirroring and, and um matching communication styles with people. Sometimes that means um when they are, um, my tendency is not to be like super direct and like loud and like fill up the whole room that's not my tendency my natural tendency um but sometimes i've had people who i'm coaching who i've had to match their style who are like that a little bit to be able to get their attention because that's how they communicate Um, And so I think that like they, there have been people that I've, that I've coached in the past who have been sort of like combative and been in that toxic world. And I can, I can match them to a certain extent to try to like talk them through it and help confront them with a situation and try to like hopefully change them over time, right? And they, and they're sort of, there is sort of like this pivotal moment and I can't tell you when it is really, but there's sort of a pivotal moment where like me and this person make a decision and how we're going to continue our conversations forward like that. Like I can continue to press really hard um and maybe, and and maybe start to manipulate them Um, or I can like start to retreat a little bit and, and sort of change like what my influence looks like, um, in a positive way. And then they also have to make a decision too, of how they're going to respond. And if I see that, like, they're not responding at a certain point, like I have to know where my line is to cut off because my end goal is not necessarily, um, to, to make them do what, I mean, I want them to do what I want them to do. Right. (laughs) But like, I want it to be their decision. And so I'm not necessarily winning. If I just get them to do what I want them to do. That's control. That's a that's manipulation. That's a different thing. I need them to make that decision themselves. And so that's just another nuance to it that I've seen in the work that we do.
1: Yeah. And I like that you said that it has to, they have to own that decision. They have to own that direction. When we're coaching people, that's really important. A lot of times we'll meet somebody in our team, we'll have discussions. We talk about our clients together and we will have strong opinions because we've got lots of different, lots of experience, lots of different organizations, lots of leaders. We'll have strong opinions about, oh, if this person did this and this person did this and this person did this, things would be a lot better. But we have to walk people and we have to ask people questions to get them to recognize that. And then I think even more importantly and kind of subtly, and I think this this podcast uh, topic is a good reminder for all of us about this, is we have to also acknowledge that the direction we may want to push them might be wrong. Um, And I think there, I can think of lots of examples where it's like I would have chosen a path for a person that we were working with down, you know, path A. But they chose path B, and when you, in if in our coaching, and in our, our our direction, if we continue to hold that A, like that's an absolute right, then we're going to be unsuccessful. Now we're manipulating them, and even if they end up following A. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be in their best interest. So I love this discussion. I think it talks, I think it does talk about how leadership and manipulation are, sim- are similar things to each other. I think we, I think also the, the superpowers that you can get, you know, it's the Spider Man quote, right? It's, which is also, I think, uh, I think somebody said it before Spider Man, with great power comes great responsibility. That was a, that came up in an earlier podcast that came up. Somebody emailed us and told us who actually said that. Do you remember that? I don't remember who said it now. But somebody emailed us and said, here's who actually said that. I apologize. Email us again and tell us who actually said that because it was before Spider-Man. (laughs) Spider-Man's quoting somebody else. It's not everything doesn't come from Marvel, but a lot of things do. Uh, But it is this idea that that this is great power, but how do you wield this power in the right way? And I think what we're saying is that you yield it in the common interest and also yield it humbly, knowing that you could be absolutely wrong in the direction. Well, I think this is a great conversation. Uh, I love these when we get to dive into these things. I think it's good for our team and glad that you get to be a part of it too as a people-centric leader. So please keep the feedback coming. Uh, That's great. We love to take topics that are thrown to us. That one came to us through social media. So reach out to us. You can also email us and contact us about other topics, but thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then... Be well and lead well.